One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hey, Rush Nation, before we get to today's show, which is an absolute banger, trust me on this, I want to tell you about the fantasy football playbook. Murph and I have been working really hard. Blood, sweat and tears have been pushed into our first publication. It's a book about fantasy football. Shock, this is a fantasy football podcast, but it's got strategy guides for all formats, rookie player profile reviews, Murph's PAS metric, which is exclusive to the podcast and the book. Head over to fiveyardrush.co.uk into the shop and go buy yourself the fantasy football playbook. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? It is Monday. NFL Sunday is just around the corner. Week one about to happen. Cannot wait for the season to begin. It's been probably the longest off-season of our lives, probably the longest one we'll ever experience. Did you think we'd get football? Did you think it'd be cancelled? We've had no pre-season. We've had nothing to whet our appetites except for some fantasy football. But we're here six days until the start of the season. Genuinely cannot wait. Uh, here on my own, as for those of you that listened in last year, we do a completely different schedule over the season. And we're still fine-tuning little bits of that, but it's going to be waiver wires on a Monday, so you get them nice and early, ready to prep 
ready to get them in uh, before Tuesday deadlines. Then you get the regular sort of staple show on Tuesdays with me and Stocks. We're going to fit a guest podcast in there where we're getting insights from some of the best in the business. And then we will also be doing uh, some statistical breakdowns, getting you ready for your matchups. That will either be one or two podcasts, plus potentially a lockdown podcast in there. With Stocks giving you some wide receiver cornerback matchups. So there's a, a lot of things that we're just sort of ironing out. We'd normally be in the studio and be in full flow. As we're remote, it's a little bit more difficult to work around some schedules. But anyway, we're here. It's week one. It's waiver wire time. And I'm going to sit here and give you the waiver wire picks that I published last week, but with a little more context behind them other than the little blurb. If you've not seen them or you like to read along or like to have a, a, a written version to go along with the audio version, just pop on to 5yardrush.co.uk. There's actually two waiver wire articles alive. I published a, a waiver wire week one article, which you can just run a search for on the site. You'll also see an update to this. And this was a few new players that, given some of the cuts and roster moves that were made towards the tail end of last week, felt that it was worth these guys potentially being picked up in case they have a breakout week one and their ownership goes through the roof. So it's giving you an opportunity to, depending on your needs and situations, pick up a few different players. Those sort of additional players I'm going to uh, leave out there on the web and ask you to go and read the article. I'm going to go through uh, particularly just the Wave of Wire uh, article, which I wrote and which published last Thursday for you to go through and uh, make some picks especially if you're streaming some positions. Uh, these would be sort of my recommended uh, streaming options as well. So let's start a quarterback. I've actually picked two quarterbacks from the same game, and that's uh, Philip Rivers. I'll start with first from the Indianapolis Colts. He's 14.8% owned, and he is at Jacksonville in week one. We know he's a bit of a flawed quarterback from uh, the perspective of he's never going to be an elite fantasy quarterback. I think we're pretty familiar with the fact that that is going to be the case given his age and and what we've seen. However, he is going to be behind a better offensive line, arguably the best offensive line in the NFL. And he is playing the Jaguars, who a lot of teams, a lot of people, a lot of pundits are tipping for uh, potentially the number one overall pick, given the exodus that's happened there in recent weeks and months. What you've got to look at in, in matchups is I want to target a quarterback that is, you know, not not well owned. Don't normally like picking a road quarterback, but given the team he's facing, I don't see there being a potential problem, but also areas to exploit. And given the fact that the Jags have arguably one of the worst secondaries in the league, given what they've traded, and you've got CJ Henderson there, but this is his first NFL game. It's a massive step up for him. I expect Philip Rivers to really take advantage and target the likes of T.Y. Hilton and Paris Campbell uh, quite significantly in this game and to go ahead and and put up a pretty decent fantasy number. I think it's a very safe floor. I think there's potential for upside if they really get going. Now, with all teams, it's obviously difficult because there's been no preseason. We're doing this based off matchup and, and a bit of gut feel, but Rivers, given that he's a consummate pro, I really fancy him to, to put up a, a pretty decent total in week one. The other option I do like is, is Gardner Minshew. Uh, he's with the Jaguars, 14.6% only, and he is at home to Indianapolis. Given the fact that I think the Colts win this quite easily, and given the fact that I think the Rivers will have a good game, I, I think Minshew will have to also ball out. And they'll be behind in this game, I think, relatively early. And I can see Minshew potentially having somewhere between 30 to 35 attempts 
passing, especially given what's happened to their run game, losing Fournette. Armstead might not make it. He's in the COVID protocols. And given the fact that there's a whole new team there, you've got Jay Gruden there running the offensive coordinator's job. He'll want to potentially stall out after being fired as head coach at the Washington football team last year. I can see there being just the opportunities to see what they've got. They've got a great wide receiver course, but that's probably the strength of their team. And Minchu has proven to be more than capable in the NFL. Uh, he was up there in the top two of deep fault. Um, deep ball completions last year as a percentage so I do think Minchu also offers you a pretty good option again uh, he, he can rush on the floor so he can give you um, a bit of stability there as well it's a hard pick really to go wrong with with either of these I think either of these are, are pretty good options I'd probably lean with Rivers and just that experience of being in the league for so long doesn't need as long to set in for for week one but if he's gone in your league, Gardner Minshew's not a bad pickup. Both relatively similarly owned. For those who are new to the Waiver Wire show, I tend to aim for only 30% owned or under on ESPN uh, on their roster lists. So don't want to give you a Waiver Wire with, oh, well, this guy's 50, 60% owned, which means he's available in 40% of leagues. Most of you play in pretty smart leagues and those players probably aren't available. So I want to give you actionable insights. Moving on to the running back position, uh, the first one I've got is another Jaguar, Chris Thompson. He is 19.9% owned. This might have gone up since I last uh, looked at this over the weekend. I did start the article off by saying that if Raquel Armstead was there, then pick him up. And I still think I would pick him up for the longer term. But for week one, Chris Thompson is is easily the pick uh, here of, of the bunch because if Armstead's not available and I don't expect him to to be potentially ready for, for week one, then Chris Thompson, with his familiarity with Jay Gruden from time they've spent together previously, not to mention there's just not that many backs there. You've got uh, Ogzigbo, James Robinson. There just isn't a lot there with any NFL experience. So you're going to lean on on a vet early and Chris Thompson represents that now as the day goes on you know the further they fall behind they'll run the ball slightly less but he is a a receiving threat that's really what Thompson has kind of made his name for so expect if there's pressure from that Colts defensive line which we'd expect there to be dump offs from Minchu to Thompson that could potentially yield some good gains so uh, expect to see some really good volume out of Chris Thompson and think he's an absolute steal to pick up a really, really good streaming week for you. I don't know how much longevity there is in Chris Thompson, given the injury history, but I think it's a pretty handy uh, pickup, especially for for week one. The other pickup here, slightly more long-term view, is is Jarek McKinnon uh, of the 49ers. He's 17.9% owned. Uh, He's up against Arizona week one, who, you know, last year didn't show that they could do a great job in terms of stopping the run. He hasn't actually played for the 49ers. He actually signed it in the summer of 2018, actually in the spring of 2018, uh, off free agency and signed a really a really big contract. And two and a half years later, he, due to injuries, he's not taken a snap for them. But he appears to be fully healthy. Um, they could have got away from the contract. They could have cut him in April. And if they cut him prior to April 1st, he would have been uh, two, you know, $2.6 million dollars cheaper uh, as in because he wouldn't have been there um so Carl Shanahan paid up for McKinnon has shown faith by keeping him on the roster he's clearly got a role defined for Jarek McKinnon's skill set it's a very crowded backfield but Shanahan has never been one to overly favor one back over everybody else and if McKinnon can get going especially as a third down back he could get some receptions he could also get some some big runs off so 
And he's got a lot to prove, McKinnon. So I think in terms of the waiver wire for running backs, it's always quite thin given what's happened. But Jarrett McKinnon is, is one that's a good bet. Another one, and this isn't in the article, if you really want to take a, a, a flyer in terms of someone just completely off most people's radars that could you know, go ahead and make a really big impact if the things fall right for them, it's Devonta Freeman. Now, Devonta Freeman is visiting the Jags. He hasn't got a contract yet, but he might. And if he does, do you expect him, he could get some work week one? Because again, as a veteran, it won't take him long to get up and running with the playbook. So Devonta Freeman is a sneaky, sneaky one if you want to just try and extrapolate some value, even some longer term value. That one's for free. Next, moving on to wide receivers, and I couldn't believe this person was uh, only 30% owned, and that's Anthony Miller. Uh, Anthony Miller was 30% owned when I last checked this. Um, he's at Detroit for, for week one. Now, he's had shoulder problems since he's come into the NFL, and he has shown for the majority of the time he's been relatively injured, but he has been flashing when he has been healthy, and he is the number two in Chicago. And I know it's a low volume offense but he has been highly effective he had some weeks towards the end of the season before he got injured where he was putting up very very big fantasy football numbers uh, 18 19 point games which again for a player that's 30 percent owned is and, and basically free at this point is is absolutely mind-blowingly useful given the fact as well he's got in his first three weeks the lions the giants and the falcons none of those defenses are particularly scary too much to worry about they're all bottom half of the league uh defenses there Anthony Miller just looks like a one he should just be rostered more than that anyway but he's someone that has that wide receiver three floor wide receiver two upside if he's if he's if he's fit and healthy the other factor in in here is that Montgomery might miss time in week one week two maybe even week three and as a result they don't have a great running back it's Artifice Pierce I think is, is going to be holding the job there temporarily so that tells you everything you need to know that they're not going to run the ball that much if Montgomery isn't there and they need a running back to really carry that load but if if the running back's not there they'll they'll put it in short passes and Miller will benefit a lot from that so get get Miller in your lineups even if you don't start him this week he's going to be a great grab going forward the other one to really pick up on is, is Paris Campbell. He, he's on the Indianapolis Colts, 28.9% owned. And as I sort of mentioned to you already, that the Jags is definitely a defense to target when you're thinking of wide receiver matchups. Um, they're just not a good secondary. Campbell has blistering 4.23 speed that he can take advantage of that we saw at the Combine a couple of years ago. Rookie season was pretty much a write-off given all the injuries that he had, but he appears to be fit and healthy. He's pulled out in training camp. And any coverage that the Jags do have, I'd expect to, them to put it all on T.Y. Hilton, given the presence and, and history that he has. That should free up a lot of room for, for Campbell as the X receiver. And I think he's going to have uh, some really nice low-end wide receiver two numbers, especially if he's balling out with, with Rivers. So should be picking up Paris Campbell again, if not even for this week, just for going forward. He should be someone that should be on more rosters. Moving on to the tight ends, we've got Dallas Goddard, Dallas Goddard is the Eagles. He's 25.3% owned. They're at Washington week one. I can't believe that a man that was a top 12 tight end uh, last season is is that fully owned. And, and I appreciate that, that Zach Ertz is there and he will get some targets. But Zach Ertz has some contract disputes. I think they've they've stopped negotiating over a new contract. 
that could see Ertz being used a lot, but it will also see Goddard being used a lot as well, especially as he could be seen as the future. But you also have some some injuries there to their receiver core. Jalen Rager, the uh, very talented rookie, I think is a doubt for, for week one. Chris Watkins is a doubt for week one. Alshon Jeffrey is a doubt for week one. And it's really looking like the wide receiver core is going to be Greg Ward and Deshaun Jackson for week one. And that's about it. So you can see Goddard being the second, third read in this offense, given the fact that the Eagles target tight ends more than any other team in the league. If they scheme on Ertz, given the lack of ability of some of the receivers on their core, it could be that Goddard, as it was seen down the stretch last season, is the man that will get open more, will get more looks, will get more targets and potentially more touchdowns. So Dallas Goddard is an absolute steal for, for week one and moving forward. Again, a player that should be owned in, in more leagues. Um, another one is, is John U. Smith. He is with the Titans. He's 21.7% owned. And they play Denver week one, which is a difficult matchup. Now, similar to the Eagles I just talked about, the, the, the Titans have a very, very, very narrow tree to target players with. Henry doesn't catch passes out of the backfield. You know, he gets about 20 targets, just over 20 targets a season. So you have Corey Davis, who they've not picked up the fifth-year option on and not a player that they are too enamored with to to target massively. Adam Humphreys in the slot, who is a very good slot receiver, uh, was it being injured and banged up last year. But again, not someone who gets uh, a huge volume of targets. Um, AJ Brown is is the alpha there. He will get the majority of the targets. He'll probably get somewhere between high 20s to maybe even a 30% target share, which leaves Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith is, again, he's had some injuries, but appears to be fully healthy and doing you know really well in training camp. If AJ Brown is getting all the treatment from the secondary because they're not worried about guys like Corey Davis, which after you know, three years in the NFL, why would you? And they know that the Henry's not going to get them. John o. Smith is the guy who could just effectively be left open with a few red zone looks. And Tannehill was incredibly efficient in the red zone last year. And don't expect, you know, John o. Smith to be left out there. I think he's going to pick up some, some healthy looks and get in the end zone in week one, especially if they can get down to that red zone especially if they need to play a bit more narrow across the middle to, to get in the end zone. So I like Johnny Smith there to, to return a touchdown week one and to get you um, some very, very suitable points. So if you've got a difficult tight end matchup week one or you only roster one tight end at a time, you know, have a look at Johnny Smith. It, it could really pay out for you. Now I've looked at kickers and it's really difficult with kickers and, and DSTs to, especially this early in the season, we just don't have a lot of data to really go off. So with a kicker, I've gone with someone who had an excellent back end of the season last year, and that's Yong Ho Koo. And he's with the Falcons, 27.2% owned, and they're at home to Seattle week one. So when I'm looking at kickers, I want to look at potentially a home field advantage. And I'm not talking about crowds, but just the fact that they are at home in a stadium in conditions that they know about. But also the fact he's kicking in a dome, so you don't need to worry about any adverse weather, etc. That's a, a really big thing when you're looking at kickers. But given the fact that Koo was really accurate in the AAF, and I know he had a struggle with the Chargers in, in 2018, but you know Koo last year made 23 from 26. He made 15 out of 16 extra points. And from weeks 9 through 17 last season, he was the number one overall kicker in fantasy football. It's a high-scoring offense. They've invested so much into that offense in terms of point scoring. And I know that Seattle are good. They're good on the ball, good defense. But I fancy the Falcons to put up 
a lot of points, Ku to get a lot of opportunities here to score. So Ku week one in particular, but also going forward, is a quite a sneaky, sneaky good ad for for you for twenty seven point two percent owned. This DST pick is absolutely just out of left field but it makes a lot of sense to me and i think it's going to make a lot of sense to people once i hopefully explain it to you i've gone with the cincinnati bengals they're 4.4 percent owned uh they're against the Chargers week one and the bengals are a team that last year defensively over the last few years have been one of the worst in the nfl but they've invested massively in their defense you know dj reader trey waynes mackenzie alexander Fon bell josh Bynes. they all came in during free agency and what they're also facing now is is a new culture. You've got a new franchise quarterback. You've got some new weapons on that offense. It's it's like a hope that this team could actually be something. And and I think, you know, Joe Burrow has the potential to be a very, very good quarterback in this league. And I think he'll give them that that effect you almost saw out of Baker Mayfield in his rookie season, where it just propels them to results that perhaps you don't expect. Now, I'm not saying that the Bengals are going to be a Super Bowl contender or they're going to make the playoffs. But I do think they're a team that are probably better than their Vegas win total suggests. And I do think they're a team that are very capable of winning, you know, six, maybe even seven games this year if if it breaks right for them. And if Burrow is the quarterback that we all expect him to be. I'm also just not enamored by the Chargers. I just don't. I don't don't think they've been a particularly good team over the last few years and I think they got significantly worse Tyrod Taylor is is not the answer at at quarterback you know he's not really played in the last 28 games in the NFL there's 28 rounds of fixtures so he's not really played since he was benched for Baker Mayfield against the Jets in in 2018 it's a lot of rust for a quarterback who's not played to then all of a sudden come into this situation as the starter in week one He's got a rookie hot on his heels and knows that he's going to give this job up eventually because he's been here before. He's done this situation. Not the best pass for the ball I've personally ever seen. And there's not a lot of weapons. Mike Williams is, is going to be out for a while. It's going to be Keenan Allen and Hunter Henry and Austin Eckler that will get the targets uh, in this offense. But I don't see them being particularly deep targets and I don't see them being particularly high-powered, high-octane offense that are going to put up a ton of points in week one. And I think that Tyrod, with a sense of hesitation that he sometimes has, uh, and he also likes to run the ball a lot, prepared to see the fumbles. So I'm looking at turnovers when I pick these. I think Cincinnati could potentially eat week one, uh, get some turnovers, and put up a pretty strong performance against the Chargers. So out there pick, but one I know you can pick up and everyone should be able to pick up. One I think that um, could return some nice points in, in week one. That'll pretty much do it for the waiver wire podcast uh tune in next monday to uh the podcast again for you know more waiver wire picks as we break down week one and look at who potentially we should be picking up in week two and we take pride in getting these out before everyone else so you can see and make your roster moves accordingly and that if some of the players we're suggesting have been picked up which we hope that they have and in the majority, you can still pivot and look at other options and, and think about where you can make some changes. We would like people to do that as early as possible. Uh, tune in tomorrow. We've got me and Stocks. We're back on the flagship show and we'll give you some tips to get you ready for week one. But as we've been saying all season or off season, we want to deliver those ships to you. So let's go ahead. Let's get ready. Let's make those roster moves now. If you haven't already made roster moves for week one, do it today. Get your lineup ready. Get some additions in. 
uh, don't wait until the eve of the game to to do it because you know you might have missed out on some of these players. And also check out the website. Check out the article I posted this morning with some waiver wire pickups that might break out players like Brian Edwards and Daryl Williams, uh, for example, who who might be sneaky good additions to your roster as well, especially if you've got some spaces due to COVID or injuries or uh, you weren't Adrian Peterson, for example, has been cut. But anyways, Rush Nation, until tomorrow, keep rushing. to sexual health, just as much as physical and mental health. We want to make it easier for folks to find resources. However they engage with us, there's no wrong door. So it's important that people are able to get access to care that is affirming. Talking about what their sex life is, about their concerns, and to make sure they're healthy. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your sexual health matters. Visit doitforyoumc.org. 